in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Top 10 Show. Uh, I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. Uh, how are you? How are things? How's everybody out there listening? <laughs> I, well, I'm good. Um, I've kind of, uh, you know, the last, uh, we moved in last weekend. It's hard to believe that it's already been almost another weekend. We're recording this on a on the day that we're recording it on a Thursday, uh, but it's crazy. Um and we moved pretty fast, Matt, in terms of once we got things in here, like I unpacked the office and set it up Friday night. We moved all of our stuff in Friday morning, Friday afternoon. So I unpacked everything and then I uh, put the TV back together that had been hanging on the wall in the, in the other place and kind of set aside some space for that and put some stuff away in the closet. Uh, stuff's in the garage that's, uh, you know, tidied up and the bike's out there. It's yeah. great. We are so happy, man, because the, there's so much space. And she's working out in the living room, working from home, and she has the entire living room. It's pretty big. And in the backyard, she goes out in her lunch hour and lays out there uh, on her lunch hour for an hour uh, while she relaxes and then comes nice. back in and finishes up. Yeah, so it's really nice. And, dude, everything is five minutes away. Everything. Like, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, the Ralphs, the Trader Joe's, the Home Depot, the Costco any food we want to eat, some, a couple of apparently a couple of really good Mexican restaurants around here, an Italian place. Sure. Um, so it's just it's for us right now. It's pretty fucking cool, and and we're very happy to be here. So yeah, I'm doing good, man. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now the setup behind you looks roughly the same, so I feel like you're lying to all of us. <laughs> I, I mean, it's close to the same framing as before, is it not? Yeah, so- but I I added the thing at the bottom. There's another bookcase. I moved that one out of my closet and put it in. You're right. You're right. It is kind of set yeah, up. Did you? This is just this is just it's not even hanging. It's just sitting there because I haven't even put that one up yet. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it is pretty much. I mean, we can we can cheat a little bit. Yeah, there's there's what it looks like on the now. wall. So it's a little more there. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the situation there. But I've got a nice setup here in front. Like, I love that I don't have I can't touch the walls when I stick my hands out. I love that there's a little more space here. So uh, but there's a setup for like green screen to do some of the auditions for hosting stuff that I've been getting. And then there's an area okay. here where I can sit down uh, on a one seater couch and watch uh, whatever I need to watch to do reviews or what have you for the channel. So everything's been set up in here. The only negative is there's no central air. There's no air conditioning. So I have to have the fan on or, or open the window in between shows so I can have a little bit of uh, breathing air and it doesn't get too claustrophobic in here for sure. So Yeah. But well, I could always get one of those, even though they suck, they're good in a small room like that. The ones that the, the stand up ones, the AC units. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it just goes to a little slot that's got a plastic insert. And you just lower the window down to cover that and boom, you got a barrier for the weather. Yeah. Uh, and a room like, you know, contained room, they they work. Yeah. Any yeah. kind of big room, it sucks ass, but Right. Uh I saw one the other day, it's like six hundred bucks. And apparently it's like a what is it, it's like a C shape and it goes over the sill 
Uh, and the on the other side, it, it ventilates the air conditioning out, and on the mm-hmm. on the side on the inside of the room, it puts it. So it's not it's not one of those portable ones that you have a tube that you have to feed out in, in outside. It actually yeah. just hangs over the sill. You just have to make sure you whatever you do there. Um, I don't know. You cover it up or or what have you. So it's very interesting. I've never seen one of those, but I'm not paying six hundred dollars for something like that. So, I mean, it's cheaper than a mini split. Otherwise, you'd have to do one of those full box window ones, right? Which is which we're not allowed to do. She's made it there. The lady who owns the house uh, is renting from her. She lives someplace else. She said made it clear, like, please do not put any air conditioning units in the windows. Blah blah blah. So it's a unique yeah. situation. Man. Well, that's why we're one of the standalone ones that have little wheels. I can't remember what those things are fucking called. Right, right. The portable ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it's got that tube right over. It's like you're not right. doing any because the box one, box ones, you got to put a support under. And you need to screw into the windowsill if you're right. really gonna hold it in place. It's like okay, you gotta. I used to live in an apartment here, and uh, it was one. It kind of looked like the Flatiron Building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New York. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So there's no cross ventilation because it's such a long, you know, fucking weird little shape. Yeah. Anyway, go look up the Flatiron Building for those that don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it looks kind of like that. Like yeah. This. yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, a V shape, a rounded V shape. Yeah. And then it's just like a triangle type of building. So there's no cross ventilation. But in my lease, there was nowhere in there that said I couldn't install a window AC unit, right? And we oh, didn't wow. pay. Electricity was included in the cost of rent. Right. So I read through my lease like five times. And nobody else in my building had one. There's 25, maybe 30 units, like mm-hmm. eight to 10 apartments for, for per floor, three floors. Right, right. Uh, and I went down to the building's manager. was like, look, man, I don't see anything in my lease that says I can't put an AC in. So I'm going to put an AC in my my window. And he was like, while I can't stop you, I need to strongly <laughs> discourage you from doing that. And I was like, yes, but technically you should have written that into the lease. And I am going to put one in. I promise I'm not going to run it, just ad nauseum and just soak up tons of electricity. Right, but right. The days when it's 110 with no cross ventilation, it's like yeah. 125. Just, yeah. This is ridiculous. Not going to happen. You need to breathe, man. You need to breathe for God's oh. sakes. Yeah. I had like four windows on one side, but if there's no breeze, yeah. there's, no, there's no cross breeze. And I'm just not going to happen. Nope, I agree with you. It's it's tough in that kind of situation. You have to make it work. So, yeah, we just we we buy these fans from uh, Amazon call uh, from the Vornado. Vornado is the the brand, yeah. and they're great. I mean, I have just a mini one that I paid forty bucks for. It keeps me cool here now, even more so because it's a bigger room. It's a little more ventilation, so it's great. We just got a bigger one to put in the living room. One in the living room, one in the bedroom. So we don't have to be keep taking the fan from one place to the next, which is really fucking annoying. Uh, so no, so I mean, yeah. I like your, what I assume is a uh, a, a posh choice on uh, Vornado. <laughs> I don't know. She had them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just assumed they were Vornado for like oh, Vortex Vornado. Tornado. You're right. But Vornado is Shit. very, you know, <laughs> pinky out as you say it. And I appreciate that. It's a nice nice. pronunciation. I might right. have to take that. It's a classier <laughs> way to go. Well, it's like Coronado, right? That's how you pronounce it, isn't it? Coronado. Yeah. So Coronado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I just always assumed it was vortex right. tornado. No, nope, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I just thought I'd be a little more uppity. I guess classy, classy. Yeah. Bring a little class to the show. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I mean it's 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 been uh, it's been great overall, man. The bet uh, the thing we're we're struggling with now is whether because we're gonna try and get a king bet. I think this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, my mom wants to give that to us as like a housewarming gift uh, oh, or what have nice. you. So yeah, it's very kind of her. And she she called me up. She's like, uh, "Do you need anything?" I was like, "Mom, we're good. We're doing fine." Blah yeah. blah blah. She's just like, "I haven't. I just I just need. I would like to get you something." And I'm like, "Okay, well we're looking at this. I know it's too much. You can pay half." She's like, "No, no, no." I will uh, I will cover it. I'm like, wow, it's really kind of you. So it's not super expensive, but it's just, you know, it's a it's a king size bed. So we want to take a look at yeah. something over there at Ashley or at Living Spaces that uh, we're both comfortable with and uh, make the move and, and and bring it in. So we've been sleeping on the box springs and mattress uh, on the ground, and I've been thinking about building the queen bed, put it back together again. But then if we're going to get the other bed, I'm just kind of in that middle place. Well, should I or should I not? You know, I don't know. Make it extra work for myself, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in that place, yeah. Well, the, the king is coming, right? Mm-hmm. So We're going to pick one. So if if we can, and we're sleeping fine yeah. on the box spring and mattress. It's not a BFD. It's perfectly fine. Exactly. If it drags on for like four months. Yeah, that's a whole other point. It is. You're like, what are we fucking doing? She would never let me get away with that. She no. never, never let me get away with that. I've done that um, in one apartment, but it was just... For the size of the space, this works perfectly type of thing. Right. Uh, but yet not not when I had any long-term girlfriend or wife or yeah. Know, yeah. affianced or whatever the case may be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it together. I would just be like, let's, it should motivate, it would motivate me to just go and hit up. Right. Surprisingly, when we went out, I don't know what you're looking for. Do you like it firm, medium? Like, what do you want? Um, no, I don't like it too firm. I like to be able to sink into the bed. I like that. Yeah. I like it to be soft, you know, kind of sink into it. Not too soft, obviously, because you can have some back issues or you can have some issues if you don't have the right kind of be- uh, mattress. But, yeah, I mean, somewhere in the middle, I guess, is is where I'd go. Yeah. Because um, we've got one of those memory foams now. It's all oh, right. Yeah. It's, it's you fine. Like it? okay. If you sleep on your back, I think it's good to go. I sleep on my side and it's just fine. Okay. All right. Uh, you don't sense a difference, or does it mess with your body, or what? What, what when you sleep uh, on your side? Yeah, I mean it's it's. We used to have a pillow top, and I think I prefer that. Ah, okay, that's uh, understandable. But there was a. We almost got another one, um, but it was at IKEA for like eight hundred bucks, Whoa. king size pillow top. It was hands down one of the nicest. I wanted to get it, but then we got such a good deal on our bed; it was impossible to pass up. Yeah. I understand. Um, but yeah, I, literally, there was one at IKEA, and I was like, "This thing is great for like eight hundred dollars for a king. This is mm-hmm. perfect." Because I tried every Serta and every Sealy, and went to the specialty bed stores. We looked for months. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah, we did. We went to a bunch of different because we were just sick of we queen, king is the way to go. It yeah. is the best. Uh, so glad we have it, even if it is not my favorite. Still great. That's what I told her. I said, "Honey." We're at that place now in our lives where, like, we need to sleep. Like, it's important. And yeah. us being on top of it. And the queen is fine. I mean, it's not like we're, like, you know, on top of it. But, like, feeling that you've got your own area and you can lay out a little bit more, it'll be – it'll lead to more relaxing sleep, in my opinion. And she was resisting. I mean, I'm, I've even looked at a California king. They, those are beautiful, man, because you, you'll you forget someone is even in the bed well, with you. There's so regular much king is wider. Cal king is longer. Right, right. If you're not above six foot whatever, then don't get the cow king because they take – it's the same – I mean the same amount of inches overall. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, so they okay. subtract. So the California, you get like six extra inches of length, but you lose four, five, six on the sides. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, so regular king is technically right. wide. We have a cow king. We don't need it. But once again, deal was too good. <laughs> Pass out. So it's like, don't care. But, All right, so then maybe the regular king is the way to go since I'm a bigger dude. I can, you know, I can have a little more you space. Get more. Yeah. All right. I, don't, I don't know what Lindley sleeps like, but Kathleen sleeps a lot of nights, sleeps like a toddler. So by that, by that I mean, just rolling around. Oh, yeah, she'll dude. sleep with her knees up at times oh, yeah. and then make yeah. noises and she she moves <laughs> a bunch. I've been elbowed in the head and she didn't even realize it. Like, <laughs> full on. Dude. Pap, and just like. <laughs> Right as I was falling asleep when we had a queen. I nothing. Nothing since. King is just it is <laughs> That happened last night, bro. No lie. Yep. She slapped my arm at three in the morning. She was like, Oh wake you right the fuck up and, too. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then mm-hmm. she rolled over and went back to sleep. I told no. her about it this morning. She said, I don't remember that at all. And I was like, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Catherine's done it a few times, just rolling over an arm, just flopped over. <laughs> Just like this ham hock and just smacks you right in the body. You're like, oh, Jesus, I'm wide awake. Um, yeah. King bed? That hasn't happened once in a year and a half. Wow. All right. So way to go, man. It Sold me even more. Regular Sold King, more. even a little bit more space. All right. Done and done. I hope we can get it quickly, though. I hope because, I yeah. mean, some of those places do deliver like day over the next day. So hopefully there's not yeah. too many. It comes down to what they got in stock, but you can get it. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. Good point. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, so we're going to get into some. Oh, yeah. What's going on, on your end? Sorry about that. What's uh, anything going on? Any updates? Anything to report? Just chilling, doing your I thing. Mean, more house stuff. Do you want to hear about more house stuff? Do you have any really? You, brother, whatever you want to talk about. You know, I, I you replaced about, two outlets yesterday. Nice. Took out the old ones, put in the new okay. ones. Okay. Uh, mounted a rack for like those bags you take to the grocery store right next to the front door. Okay. And uh, finishing up on painting, and then I'll be done with painting for a while. But we still have two more rooms to do. Okay. Bedroom main area, but I've done the hallway, three different colors, that front little tiny shotgun hallway. Oh, yeah. The kitchen, I've painted every, the ceiling, the walls, done the trim. I redid the tile and the kitchen in there. And now I've wow. done the, the hallway going up to that, that was five steps, you know, we yep. had that goes up. Yep. But that full thing and then the, you know. It's the only tall part, really, the house. So you have to fucking whatever. That'll right. be all done painted. And then I'm taking a break for a while. <laughs> I'm sick of painting. I'm on the final touches, and it's just like, oh, this is painstaking. <laughs> but do it once. We'll keep these colors, hopefully, for like five, eight years or something. And then right, right. Right. That's fair. That's fair. So that's yeah. my end. It's that right. and then regular life. Although for this show, I think I watched more movies for this show than maybe I've done ever. Yeah, I, I had to go back and rewatch some of them for sure, you know, because we planned this one out a couple of weeks ahead of time. So uh, to make up for, you know, because of the move uh, last week. So, um, yeah, it was fun to kind of go back. And I mean, I love Irish films and spoiler alert for those who didn't even look at the title. We are counting on the top 10 Irish films uh, this week on the top 10 show. But it was great to kind of go back and revisit some of these that I hadn't thought about or hadn't seen in quite some time. I watched some scenes. I watched a couple ones I'd never seen sure. before uh, and then had a great time. So I hear you, man. This was fun. And this is a this is a country that deserves more uh, respect for its cinema than it than it gets. Um, yeah, I just the only thing is so my my list is IRA heavy. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Fair enough. Just invariably, I would 40 to 60% of the movies that come out that reach like over here, whatever that you would find out about are somehow connected with the IRA. Oh, wow. Well, it's a true story about this or about this historical figure about the rise of nationalism or years later, but it's all kind of somewhat involved with the movement for Republic. Right. um, Type of thing, which I'm not bothered by. Right. I was just kind of surprised that there weren't more comedic movies. Like if you were doing one British, you could do just all British little small comedies. It's true. And easily get to a 10. Whereas Irish one is it two mm. three like there haven't been i was kind of surprised yeah looking around as to what i've seen what i haven't and then do i want to go back for that? I, I watched let's see seven movies for this one wow that's yeah. great hands Holy down crap. a few of them were i've never seen that and i should see that right right right, right. so it's just like a why not and we're sitting at home with nothing to watch although Catherine watched two that definitely aren't making the list for me <laughs> She had the same opinion after. She was like, eh. I'm like, yeah. eh. She didn't like him. Hey, it was just maybe maybe one or two of those make your list so we can cross that okay. bridge when we get to it. I Sounds don't know. good. Sounds good. There's, there's quite a few to choose from, though. But it was a, it's a fun show. It's an interesting topic. I, yeah. How do we come up with this, by the way? Was there just an actor or something like that? Or did, do you I remember how we – No, I don't. Okay. Um, maybe I was thinking Irish about that yesterday. I was like, what did we base this on? <laughs> And we could look right now, but guys, that's the type of professionalism that we choose right. not to do in quarantine. Exactly, exactly. exactly. You're uh, gonna get what you get. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And for for whatever movies we missed, I'd already seen a lot, and I watched a bunch for this. And John, I'm sure, has already seen a lot. Invariably, you're going to miss some things, no matter what the topic is. Right. So, our right. apologies, and perhaps it's on the my further extended list. There's still one that I wanted to watch that I couldn't. Ah. Uh. I know for me, there's one that everybody seems to love, but I just, it just doesn't, I don't know. I just, I'm like, do I really want to go back and see that one? So it's just, it comes back to that kind of thing for okay. me personally. So it's, it's, yeah. So there we go. That's my, my feeling on it. So. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring it up. Maybe I won't. Yeah. We shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. Um, all right, do you want to tell them how the show works? Once we set a topic and this week, we definitely know what it was. We're just holding out on you. We go our separate ways and create personal top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, I don't know if this will be a punt from you or not, but my number ten, sir, is the wind that shakes the barley. That is my number nine, my man. My number nine. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's really, it is good. Yeah. There are moments where the realism of it, where actors stumble over certain speeches and it yeah. happens like four or five, six times. And it's, to me, I, I'm assuming they're going for more real take, trying to bring more authenticity into it because right. if you're really that heated in this moment, there's no way you could every time everyone clearly expresses their thoughts so succinctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gillian Murphy is oh, great. Yeah. Uh, just early flashes of, man, this guy could easily carry like an Oscar caliber film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish you'd get more opportunities at it. Yeah. You know? Hopefully, yeah. The Quiet Place does so well box office wise that you can start stacking his because he doesn't get any credit for Batman Begins, in my right. opinion. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Of uh, course, people love him in Peaky Blinders. So, I mean, that's one yeah. of those ones that, that, you know, people enjoy. And he was good in Red Eye. 
Um, yeah, twenty eight days later. Twenty eight days later, right? Exactly. Panther. Yeah. That's where. Uh, that's where I just found him for the first yeah. time. Who's this yeah. dude? This is awesome. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what are, a zombie movie? <laughs> I can't believe I'm seeing a zombie movie in the theater because it just it was like the raid. It got recommended. Oh no, no, no. Raid was one they told me like, oh, you like twenty eight days later. Like basically, I did ah. that for somebody else, and they flip flopped and did that for me on the raid. Right. Uh, yeah, I happened to like randomly see it. It's like I'm bored going on Tuesday, but Killian Murphy. So in this, it's the IRA. Yep. Um, and their push to get a republic against the British early 1920s. Yeah. Um, and it's about two brothers, and one eventually sides with Republicans, and the other sides with what the Free State. And it's yeah. the ultimate division yeah. of what was a shared ideal before, and it's a Interesting take. It's, you know, basically civil war, brother against brother. Type mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Killian is fantastic. And I remember seeing this one because, you know, this was at that time where I was going to see every like foreign mm-hmm. independent film where I was going to try and see as many of them as possible. Uh, and this one, of course, by Ken Loach, who's a noted uh, a director with a number of films. He did a really interesting film that I nobody really talks about that much, but I love which is called A Fond Kiss, A-E-A Fond Kiss, uh, which okay. is this interracial romance between this white uh, uh, British woman and this uh, Indian guy and what they, the clashing of their families uh, and what that's all about because he's like, they have the arranged marriage type thing. And so he's like breaking this uh, kind of tradition and it's so fascinating of a film. Uh, so um, when they, this came out, I was like, Oh, I got to go see this thing. I got to go see uh, what sure. Ken Loach does with this. And also it's a period of time that I don't know that much about. Um, and uh, uh, I didn't like Michael Collins. So I was kind of hesitant to see this. I think it's that Michael was one Collins. of the two. Yeah. It came out like a, a, a year or two before this one. So I was like, I don't know. Uh, but this is a really, um, as you said, Matt, very realistic, a very grounded. Uh, it feels like you're like standing next to the actors in the environment that they've set them in, uh, and you're watching the dissolution of this uh, uh, relationship between these two brothers. As you said, mm-hmm. as this civil war, it's so the War of Independence, the Irish War of Independence, and then the Irish Civil War that covers all of that in this movie. They're not real people, obviously, but. We're seeing it, the what happens to Ireland in this fight for independence, what happens to the yeah. separation of this through these the relationship between these two brothers. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's based on a song uh, that from the what's it? It's a, it takes a title from Robert Dwyer, Joyce's, Joyce's song, The Wind That Shakes the Barley, which Dead Can Dance did a version of. Uh, and I forget the the woman in Dead Can Dance, but uh, it's on their album From the Within. And okay. her version of it is fucking haunting. Um, and I think she sings it on the soundtrack as well, or they put it on the soundtrack okay. and it's just incredible. So yeah, this film stuck, it stuck, it's hooking hooks in me good. Um, because it, it is, uh, just a very realistic and gritty, uh, uh, yeah, I film just, about this situation. Yeah. It would rate higher if I connected more. So when, mm. what happens at the end, it mm. didn't have the emotional punch yeah. to yeah. me that they were building up to. And that's why it rates a little bit. It's a good movie though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mike, uh, old Mike Collins. That was one of the two that Catherine was like, <laughs> and I was the same way. I was like, yeah, eh. I agree. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's guy. I don't, you know. Eh. Why, why do you cast Julie Roberts and something like that? I don't even know. Dude, who tries to do an Irish accent and then it just disappears by the end of the movie. It's Kevin yeah. Costner and Robin Hood. Right, 
right. we're attempting a shitty one early on. There's eventually it's like, fuck it. I'm Kevin Costner <laughs> and Morgan Freeman still doing it. You know, looking at him be like, I'm trying over here, asshole. <laughs> I know you're directing this thing, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But good movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Um, uh, all right. What's your number nine, man? Um, my number nine is The Secret of Kells. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please go ahead. I watched it for this. And uh, everything that's, that you read in the reviews, like the animation is second to none, is hand-drawn and it looks vibrant uh and new even though it's a cherished art form within mm-hmm. animation type of thing but you just don't see it as often anymore so it's refreshing on some level yeah I, it's a cool little story you're in and out in like 70 minutes mm-hmm. this thing is not long in the slightest wow. uh, and it's uh ultimately about Technically, the story is an abbey and there are Vikings going through and rampaging, but it's really not about the abbey. It's about, you know, family connections and, uh, you know, the people in the story itself. But once again, 70 minutes, so it's not like you dive too, too deep into it. Right. But it is utterly beautiful to look at. Hmm. It's it's okay. akin to, like, uh, did you see Missing Link? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Leica one? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I didn't think the movie was good. I yeah, thought it was, it was okay. fine. Yeah. But utterly beautiful to look at. And um, Secret of Kells, the story is better. I'm not saying it's like that, but it, was, it reminded me of Missing Link of like, this is just a feast for the eyes right? to look at. You guys took such care and made an interesting, unique kind of you know story. You're trying to bring to life the creation of the Book of Kells. Yeah. Uh, good. I would okay. recommend it. All right. Cool. Well, 70 minutes seems like I could find time for that. I'm, just, yeah. I'm not usually drawn to watch animation stuff, but like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, all right, cool. So uh, then what's your number eight? My number eight <laughs> is In the Name of the Father. All right, that's a punt. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so then my number 10 is uh, one of the two Brendan Gleeson films uh, on this list, and that is uh, Cavalry. Okay. Yeah. I have not seen it. Really, really enjoy this one, man. Uh, it was it was something that was recommended to me by a friend, and I, he was like, "You got to watch this one because Brent, I know you're a Gleason fan, and it's really good." And uh, what's her face from uh, Sherlock Holmes and Yellowstone? I forget her name. Kelly Riley, I think her name is. She's yeah. in this as well, uh, and uh, it's and he's a priest who's like trying to wrap up uh, his stuff going on there. Oh, all right. Well, there's like five fire trucks going at six. Just went right past my front window. Keep talking. I'm going to go yeah. look. All right. <laughs> yeah. Is that Bre- many this posts? Yeah. Kinda- Be careful, man. It stars Brendan Gleeson. Uh, Chris O'Dowd's in this, who some of you may know from from uh, uh, Bridesmaids and from the uh, Get Shorty TV show. Uh, Aiden Gillen is this in this, of course. Aiden Gillen, of course, from The Wire and other things, and the uh, Game of Thrones, of course. Uh, Domino Gleeson, M. Emmett Walsh is even in this classic M. Emmett Walsh uh, uh, character actor. But uh, yeah, Brendan Gleeson plays his father, uh, who was uh, he, you know an unseen man. Tells Father James he was horribly sexually abused as a child by a priest, promising to kill James at the beach the next Sunday. 
So James uh, uh, sits there and the rest of the seven days he puts his affairs in order and like c- connects with the people in the town, uh, tries to get, uh, you know, tries to reconnect with his uh, uh, with his uh, uh, I think his daughter. Yeah. James daughter Fiona has attempted suicide. So after feeling abandoned by her mother's death, so he's having he's having to repair that relationship. So I just think it's a it's a, one of these films that takes its time. And as it moves through this small community, uh, but with this specter of death hanging over him the whole time. And what happens at the end is just uh, heartbreaking. And so uh, the fact that, you know, you've been leading up to this situation and then the twist uh, when it happens, you're just like, oh, my God. Uh, so just great, great performances from Brendan Gleeson and everybody involved in this thing. And Chris O'Dowd, who, you know, you've seen him in comedies and stuff, but he can play really weird characters, really quirky unstable unsettled characters uh it's not the first time i've seen him play like a creepy stalkery weird kind of guy i think there was another film or show that i saw him play something like this okay. in so he really works it well in this film and and, and i think kelly riley's fantastic in this movie as well uh and aiden gillen is uh, it, who's a bit uh, corrupt throughout the movie as well so yeah pretty cool stuff uh, uh that i uh, just thoroughly recommend if you haven't seen it uh john michael mcdonough uh, directed this thing. Uh, he also did the guard, uh, which may or may not show up. On this list. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, he also wrote the Ned Kelly one that I think you're referencing. That you okay. will reference in the future. Yeah, it's got like a yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll how look at soothsayer Roke over here gazing into the future, the long distant future. <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, this is one, if you haven't seen it, this is not one that's got a lot of action to it. It's very much a character piece. It's very much a relationship piece, very much like, uh, you know, like what's going on with the people in the town and him trying to slowly put it all together uh, and put his affairs in order uh, because he senses that this is a real threat to his life. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and it's great performance by Brendan Gleeson. My God, just a phenomenal performance by that yeah, man. Yeah, dude's always good. Yeah, he is. Um, all right. Uh, that's my number 10. So number nine was when that shakes the barley. Uh, number eight is uh, 71. Have you seen 71? I have not. Okay. 71 is another one of these, uh, as Matt said, these IRA movies uh, I, I, that uh, uh, came out. I think like when it, when did it come out? 19. Uh, wait, so let me see. Uh, yeah. 2014 came out in 2014. Uh, and it's, I know it's technically, uh, a British film, but it all takes place in Ireland. So to me, that's a, I, I, I'm allowing for it as a little bit of a cheat. What does that mean? Uh, it's set in Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what do you mean it's a British film? It's well, it's all... directed by a British director, I guess, is what I'm trying ah, to say. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, yeah. So, if you met, like, it was a British, oh. kind of like The Impossible, the white right. people's story in Southeast Asia, if it was right. the British person's story in Ireland. I don't know if you were hinting at that. No, no, I'm sorry. It's produced by a British company, uh, okay. but it is it's directed by a French Algerian guy named Jan Demange, um, and it's a historical thriller. Uh, and uh, uh, this guy Jack, Jack O'Connell, who you've seen in uh, what was the one Unbreakable, whatever that one was with, um, uh, where he's the prisoner of war, the one Angelina Jolie directed, and he becomes like the Olympic star oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, Money Monster, he played. He was in Money Monster, mm-hmm. playing the guy that kidnaps the TV studio with the with the bomb on his body and stuff. Um, but anyway, it's it's a, a British soldier gets separated from his unit uh, during the Belfast riots, and then he had and the high, and during the height of the troubles, and he has to, in 1971, and he has to negotiate his way 
through uh, through uh, Ireland, through that area of Ireland to try okay. to get back to his unit and comes face to face with a number of citizens of that area and what they're doing and what they're involved in. And also, you know, him understanding the Irish people, right? Because the whole approach is that he's a young British soldier who's been put into this country, but doesn't really know what's happening. Is yeah. taking orders from his, uh, uh, from his uh, uh, superiors and he's just following orders, but then being lost in this whole night of exploring this area of, of, of Northern Ireland, he comes face to face with what is actually happening and uh, it changes him, you know? And so sure. it's a fantastic film uh, with a lot of tension throughout, dude, because if he gets caught by these guys that are on the other side, these Northern Irish people who hate the British soldiers, they'll kill him. So he's got to kind of escape and go through. And there are some Northern Irish people who, who are, who hide him and are kind to him and all of this. So all of this changes him by the time he ends up yeah. where he ends up. So, yeah. Yeah, once you put a face and a story to mm-hmm. your enemy, it humanizes them and it makes more both sides. The people that are harboring this British soldier and the British yep. soldier over there. So all of them. Yeah, um, yeah that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish more things percolated up to me that were non-IRA, but I understand why there's so many different of these types of stories because it's a hell of a conflict that went on for a long time and you have different yeah. generations telling their version of the story. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if you if you haven't seen Dairy Girls on uh, on uh, Netflix, uh, I can't recommend it enough because because it's it's set during the Troubles, mm-hmm. so it, it's a comedy about these uh, five four or five girls and this is a guy who all go to you know Catholic school uh, and they're uh, you know teenagers uh, in essentially high school age at this Catholic school and they, it's the funny things they get involved in, uh, but the Troubles are always on the edges and the fringes of every episode. And you'll okay. see British soldiers walking around with rifles. Uh, you'll see yeah. somebody getting, uh, you'll hear about somebody getting killed that they know. So it, it it's funny and it's very funny, but it all, but it never like lets you forget that the troubles are happening at the same time. And they'll show like news pieces going on, like, cause it's said in the nineties and they're actually like, they're actually watching the news happening at the mm-hmm. time. And so it's just a fascinatingly, very funny show. It's been, it's on two seasons, but it's great stuff if you haven't seen it. So it's like every TV show from that side of the pond. Yeah, right, right. You're right. Seasons, and then you're like, man, this is great. Well, we're fucking done. All right. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Move on, I guess. Yeah. Catherine watched it. Um, oh, oh, uh, Dairy Girls. Yeah, right on. Yeah, okay. Good. All the shit that you guys watch on Acorn or whatever that was called. Yeah, Acorn she's already bad. watched or will watch. So <laughs> it's on in the background. I've seen Dairy Girls, but yeah. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. Um, all right, uh, where are we at right now? Well, so that was your eight. That was my seven. Seventy-one right. is my seven. So what's your seven? Oh, which I'm sorry, seventy-one was my eight. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is the guard. That's my seven. Boom. Nice. The guard. Another man, Brennan Gleason. Gleason is great. And then you throw Don Cheadle in there as what the, is he an FBI agent? Yeah. Yeah. Going over to investigate what happened there, the bombing that happened or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gleason's a local cop that gets kind of caught up in this IRA cocaine weapons deal type thing and how their two sides, how Cheadle and Gleason's. Yeah. Basically, the two bodies, the two rivers merge into one, ultimately, <laughs> and it becomes kind of the buddy cops, but it's not buddy cops. But it's I wish there was a little bit more of the two of them interacting like that. It was fun. oh yeah, 
yeah. But it, it's got a little bit of every because he uh, Gleason plays such a curmudgeon. Did you get some nice little chuckly comedy, dark joke? Yeah, a little bit here and there, but it's it's gritty. He's a guy with flaws. He is a cop, but he's you know drinks on the job and uh, yeah. doesn't mind you know dalliances with the certain aspects that he should be stopping. So yeah, to speak. yeah. Uh, but it's just a it's such a great small little film. And you know the budget on it was tiny, and I hope people saw it enough. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. And it's you know the thing with Don Cheadle is so fascinating. Cheadle is such a great actor, and he could. And obviously, you've seen him lead shows uh, on Showtime. A number like I think Black Monday is his show, and then before that, there yeah. was that House of Lies or whatever. He's great at being a lead, but he's also not like. Um, unwilling to play the guy who's not necessarily on top of it or ahead of the game or two steps ahead of everybody else. And he is willing to play that uh, character. And in The Guard, Brendan Gleeson has taken him for a ride through most of that movie. And Cheeto plays it off really well, the the growing frustration of the situation as, uh, you know, uh, Brendan Gleeson's kind of big-timing him at times about his area because he knows his area better than... Uh, Don Cheadle's character does so yeah. uh, you know he can play with him a little bit and then but slowly but surely you know he kind of realizes the what he's doing that isn't the isn't going to help solve the case and so eventually they kind of uh, come together and you're right he's not he's, he's a bit of an unsavory cop so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean through this through this film he's yeah. the most you under, he's likable Yes, 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 absolutely. Rooting for him, even though he's got, you know, warts and all type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't look like the situation's much of any better without him. So, right. Might as well have him there. Uh, But yeah, hopefully, go see the guard. We think you'll enjoy it. It's got two people we know you love. Yeah, true. And the young girl in there, Sarah Green, she was just in a show called Dublin Murders that they did on show. Or they they screened, I think, on Showtime or Stars. So okay. if you've seen that, uh, uh, you can see her younger uh, in uh, The Guard. She's really great in The Guard. So I like her. She was on Penny Dreadful as well. Uh, so Sarah Green. Okay. Um, all right. Where are we at? Uh, my six. Okay. Which is, which is The Commitments. Oh, that's a punt. Is it? How dare you. Okay. Oh. I, I'm not saying it's bad. Like this, top six is top seven. There's, there's a lot of quality films in this genre. <laughs> a, lot so, a lot of quality. A lot of quality. Uh, all right. My six then is uh, Sing Street. Okay. Not on my list. Okay. All right. I really love this movie. Great soundtrack as well. Sure. Very, very sweet movie. Touched me a lot. Uh, uh, enjoyed the hell out of the kid playing the main lead and the uh, the girl that he's wooing. Uh, and they're they're like uh, it's a great nostalgia walk through the phases of '80s music at that time. Of course, this is in, this is Ireland, so it's like uh, yeah. you know they're getting a little bit later than everybody else. But seeing them uh, go through the phases that they go through as they try to figure out who they are as a band, mm-hmm. and really it's about a coming of age story, right? This kid like who's in, in a Catholic school or, or wherever he's at a religious school, uh, and trying to figure out how to you know find his voice. Uh, and this girl, of course, is. Like this is a girl he really wants to be with and, you know, she's motivating him. And it feels it feels very much like an homage to the 80s because we've seen that in the 80s. Right. The idea of the young kid or the uh, younger kid trying to get the pretty girl in school, you know, and it's all of that that's there. Uh, and then he gets helped on by his brother. Oh, God, what's his bro- the actor's name? I forget his name, but he's like a lot of people uh, put him on their short list for stuff they want to see uh, him be cast in. 
but he's a, a, a okay. what's his what's his name? Oh, Jack Rayner, right? Jack Rayner. A lot of people like Jack Rayner. That's who that's who plays his brother, and he's like this like uh, you know pothead there and doing all the things that he's doing. Yeah, he was in Midsommar and in Detroit. Uh, so what was yeah. he in? Uh... He was Christian Hughes, so he must have been one of the other guys with her because he's second on the list of uh, people uh, in the cast for Midsommar. Okay, yeah, probably her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, probably her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, So, yeah, so and he's great. He's a really good actor. And in the film, he's he's almost unrecognizable to what I see him now because he's kind of he's kind of a little more heavier set because he's been living with his parents. Uh, and he's uh, smoking out, doing weed all the time. And he's like, you know, trying to get his his own musician's sh- uh, uh, life started. And but his, his little brother is kind of uh, getting ahead of him, and it causes tension. Um, and the parents are Maria Doyle Kennedy from The Commitments, one of the the brunette from The Commitments, and okay. um, and Aiden Gillen again, who of course uh, from The Wire and from uh, Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. So just a really good film. John Carney directed this one. Uh, I just enjoy it to pieces and I love the music. Absolutely love the music, man. I know. But it was someone else sitting across, you know, the void from you right now. Mm-hmm. They would have that movie plus another one that probably I hope is on your list because I think the general consensus is these are both great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen either. Cause I don't know from afar, it doesn't look like something that would interest me. Yeah. And then, of course, it's one of those things that you see it and you're like, that was good. I probably should have seen that sooner. <laughs> no, I get it. I have those. I think all yeah. of us, I, I bet many of our listeners who are listeners or watching us have that experience where they look at something and they go, yeah, that's the, I don't know what I'm not. I get it. I and get you, it. Yeah, right. I, exactly. I get it. No, no, I don't need to see it. I get yeah. the point. Get Whereas, the point. you know, uh, revenge film, this guy's got to chase down that. I know I've seen that movie a hundred times. I, I'm in on this. I like oh, yeah. this. Yeah, I'll go see it just because that piques my interest more. Right, I, right. I'm willing to see go through the motions because I <laughs> like the outcome consistently more. Did you see the trailer for Fat Man? Yes, I did. <laughs> Man knows. Don't want to talk about it because <laughs> the vitriol, but son of a bitch. I know. I'm not going to say anything positive. I'm not going to say anything positive publicly. So, uh, you know, I saw it. I saw it. I straight up admit that I'll probably do a review for it on the channel, man, because it's just—it has no. I might have to start doing reviews so I can, I got that cover. God, I had to do it. <laughs> I need that cover. Maybe we'll do it from the top. 10. Maybe we will. Uh... I'm down. I'm down. I saw that thing and I was like, "Look, I have no business liking this trailer, but this looks this fuck. This speaking the, all my language. This it is the <laughs> dumbest premise." It's the dumbest premise. And it looks like they they pulled it off. Yeah. But th- this is a- dumb and dumber, and you've completely redeemed yourself. <laughs> and you're like, this was such a bad, I can't believe this worked. Uh, like, how does Mel read that script and go, oh, yeah, I'm doing this one. I'm doing this one. And it's like, oh, my God, really? And then Goggins. Why is Walton Goggins in this movie? You know, Because Walton Goggins, this is, you know, this is a snow western. Yeah, true. Oh, good point. Good point. Goggins <laughs> does westerns, so why not get him? Yeah, I think there's this whole – and I've, I've kind of been curious about doing something on this. There's this whole, like, undercurrent of – very male revenge movies, right? And 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 like, uh, what's it, Knuckle or was it Dragged Across the Concrete or whatever it is? Yeah, I know uh, what you're talking about. 
the one with Nicholas Coster Waldo when he's in prison. Uh, shot collar. Yeah, shot collar. Um, you know, something like this. Rambo's last, the last blood from Rambo was very much like that. Bloodfather okay. with Mel Gibson was very much like this. There's and David Ayer is involved in these. So is um, oh God, what's his name? The guy who did what? Narc. Oh, I forget his oh, name. Uh, Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan. Nice. So, yeah, and uh, John Bernthal's involved in these because they Joe John Bernthal and Joe Carnahan have a thing called Warrior Films, a production company where they do a lot of these movies. So it's this kind of gritty, very male revenge or gritty crime type movies. Even Den of Thieves, like Gerard Butler has a has that vibe with some of the movies that he does as well. Those Angels okay. Fallen movies, you know. So. I just feel like there's this undercurrent uh, that is happening. And I don't mean like, oh, male-dominated films, what a novelty. No, no, I just mean like these are pretty way out there, uh, and they don't make them like this anymore. You know? no. So it's just interesting to watch this undercurrent. Did, but, did you yeah. like Den of Thieves? I did. I thought it was good. Uh, it's Obviously, it's a version of Heat or whatever, but I really liked it, man. Well, it's it's Heat mis- mixed with Kaiser Sose. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I just didn't believe the Kaiser Sose aspect of it. Ah, okay. Because uh, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And then it got to the end. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it just didn't buy once <laughs> all the loose ends are sewn up. Yeah. It's like, hmm. You're like, okay. am I intrigued? <laughs> most, most people are like, that was really good. And I genuinely liked it up right until the final ending. And I was just like, oh, real, hmm. yeah. I don't know. But, but I'm an idiot, dude. I love... I've loved every Gerard Butler film that has come out in the last 10 years. I really have. If he speaks to you, he speaks to you. He does. Hunter Killer, fucking all those Angel has Fallen, Olympus has Fallen movies. seen every single one of those in the theater. Um, Geo, I even fucking defend Geostorm, dude. Like, I just, I can't explain it. I just love the Gerard Butler. Yeah, it's a cut and paste bad disaster film. Yeah. They could have taken him out and put anybody in there. I don't really even consider, like, the fact that it was a failing is not his fault. Yeah. But it was a shit premise. Whereas Fat Man is. <laughs> but I will not watch that movie. <laughs> I, uh. Everybody that's out, uh, you know, the uproar, you're yeah. 100% right. Yeah, of course. You're a thousand percent yeah, right. I can't. <sighs> it's difficult. <laughs> Mel, you make this really difficult. I know you do, Mel. Why, Mel? I, do. I know. Why? 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 <laughs> Especially after the first one. Shame, uh, shame on us. Yeah, you know? True. Very true. Very true. Two, three, and four, and five, and whatever the actual number is up to. I have no idea because I don't really follow, you know, celebrity meltdowns all that oh, much. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Don't, yeah. Has he had one recently? I don't know if he's had one. I mean, he got nominated what for is an Oscar, recently so. been? What does what does recently mean? Uh, what do mean he got nominated for an Oscar? He got nominated for Hacksaw Ridge, right? So is all forgiven? I don't know. <laughs> He's had at least one dust up since then, hasn't he? Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, I don't even know, but it just seems like yes is the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, is Bill Simmons going to, and, uh, you know, he's entered Tyson zone on some level. Oh, uh, true. You would believe everything. Yeah, you'd it, believe any story about Mel Gibson. As long as it had a couple of the bullet points that you need. He was yeah. drunk. Police pulled him over. Oh, fuck. No. Fuck. Okay, what? 
<laughs> what? I'm already on board with whatever comes next. I'm on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. that sucks. I mean, we're terrible people, but what can I tell you? That trailer looked, <laughs> I don't know, the right kinds of crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Where are, we, where are we before we they end our show? They kill our show. Um, we're at year five, I think, right? Was that your six? Yeah, that was my six. Okay. Yeah, my five is Bloody Sunday. That's my five. Yeah. Perfect timing. Fucking great movie, Matt. Uh, and, and the fact that it forced me to look up, this is one of the movies that I watched, it forced mm-hmm. me to look up to see what the fallout was. And the, because they end the movie with the coda of, you know, the British government does an inquiry. They find that no harm, no foul. In essence, the they started it actually with a nail gun and then the collateral damage that came back, all our soldiers were in the right. Right. And it took them till 2000 something or other to go back and do a mea culpa and say, no, actually we, we did that. That was our fault. Right. Uh, and just simple protest that of course it devolved. I can't believe this didn't happen all the fucking time. Yeah. Type of situation. Uh, and I love, so it's Paul Greengrass. Yes. And it's got that Greengrassy type of, you know, first person vibe, like you're a fly on the wall watching yeah. the story as it cuts oh, in between. Oh, documentary vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But you're there actually, as opposed to the distance a documentary kind of provides. Right. Um, yeah, man. And just steady performances all involved. You can see how this entire thing blew up and it wasn't. A caricature. Yeah. Yeah, I was really... Go ahead, sorry. Please. No, no, go ahead. You even love what? The the guy that... um, what is He plays basically like the Secretary of State in V for Vendetta. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yes. Yeah, he's he's the general on the ground, whoever is overall on the operation, and he turns to his second command that's technically in charge. He's he's only like showing up to liaise to put an official kind of vibe to the whole thing. And at the end, it was like, congratulations to all. And, you know, so-and-so, you'll be dealing with all the victim reports and the this and the this and the this as he gets to walk away. And he got a medal. Right. Just like all those guys got a medal. And the his colonel or whatnot, looking back at him like, f- f- what did we do here today? Yeah. What did we do? And watching the soldiers give statements and you feel for the soldiers because they want to toe the line of we got fired upon as opposed to Band of Brothers. He started firing. So I fired where I was skittish. And the one guy's like, I fired 22 bullets. And the person that's taking the statement is like, I don't know how that's possible. That's more than we issued you. <laughs> and, but you know, from both sides, them planting the bomb on the dead body. Yeah, man. To justify and just, that it took all these years for the government to finally go. No, it's, we did that. It's just ridiculous. It's always the way it is. Is it governments were of course. just so paranoid to admit fault. Yet they want you to admit fault when you're a citizen. You're brought up before any crimes against the government. Oh, boy, you better admit it. Uh, But, like, they can fuck over their citizens all the time, and they have to go through this litany of 20 years. I mean, we had that uh, with Liverpool, with what happened with Liverpool uh, and that inquiry at uh, at, uh, 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 Hillsborough. You know, the Hillsborough situation that happened, you know, all those people dying, and they tried to blame Liverpool uh, supporters uh, mm. for what happened. I think that's right. Is that right, Hillsborough? Oh my, I'm terrible right now. My brain is like uh, mushed right now. Yeah, the Hillsborough disaster. 
uh, and, and pushing all those people pushing down. And it was because the police had not opened the gates correctly to allow enough people to filter in. They hated the Liverpool supporters so much. They had only opened one gate and the Liverpool supporters came pouring in. And by the time they realized that they, they, they couldn't see, of course, 60 rows ahead of them, that there were people. So they yeah. were just piling in. And as they piled in, they started pushing down as they pushed down. It just became this massive weight on all these people who were down there and like uh, fathers, brothers, sisters, children were killed. Uh, and the police for years denied it. They used the newspapers to manipulate mm-hmm. the story, to make it seem as if it was these aggressive Liverpool supporters uh, and, and painted them as these terrible people. Uh, and for a long time, uh, that was the uh, accepted belief amongst a lot of clubs and amongst a lot of fans. And then eventually Tony Blair admitted it and, and did an inquiry and finally got them to admit it. Uh, but then recently they tried to overturn it. So it's bad. Here we go again. You know, so it's just like, it never fucking ends. Like, what's the big deal? Just admit you fucked up, pay the well, money out, and let's move on. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the liability. That's the only reason, you know, that they're fighting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, I mean, you can point Double to defensive. it's been going on since there's been any kind of person that wants power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's unfortunate, but yeah. Bloody Sunday is just a. The Irish and Derry are trying to have a peaceful march. And, of course, there are IRA within their ranks type of thing. So the British are rightly suspect because – but at the end uh, with uh, – oh, God, what is what is that gentleman's name? The, the main guy? Movement. James yeah. Nesbitt. James Nesbitt. Thank you. Goes on to The Hobbit for those that don't yes. know him. Yes. But he's been in all kinds of different stuff. Putin says, like, I'd like to tell the British government today that you, you – I'm paraphrasing, but you just increased the ranks of the IRA – by who knows how many fold yeah, because there are young men that this is their rallying cry now across this city. You're like, yes, you did. You did. You created more of a problem by being heavy handed and coming into a situation where you didn't need lethal force. And why would anybody issue bullets? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, and, you know, look, not to get too political, but, you know, these the, the protests we saw over the last few months, you know, some of members of the police force instigated interactions on purpose to push a certain agenda. Some of the people there instigated actions against the police to push yes. certain agenda. So both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways. And that's the unfortunate truth when you look at something. But in Bloody Sunday, it was very clear that it was a civil rights. Pro- it was a, a peaceful civil rights protest march. Uh, but it seemed like the British were looking to instigate something and then it popped off but and the talk follows. About yeah. a short time before, like they had a dust up where two or three, I don't know how many officers or whatnot in the, the police force or the governing force were killed just very yeah. recently. Right. Right. So that was weighing on their minds. Yeah. The so force. they're on yeah. edge because of the previous history right, and right. you kind of, it's this tense situation where an occupying force is an occupying yeah. force, even yeah. though they don't want to view themselves as such. Right. Uh, even if you have the your idea of the best of intentions, it's still going to create to a dust-up. Absolutely. So, you know, eventually, depending on how big, how long you got to sit there. But, yeah. True. So, I mean, it's, it's it's one day. We're just following a story for one day. Yeah, one whole day. Greengrass does an incredible job of it. Just like you did with United 93, all one day. One moment, one a uh, set of hours in a day. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's your number four, man? 
Uh, my number four is Black 47. Oh, I've never seen this. What is this? You'll love it. Really? You'll fucking love it. Okay. Because when I brought it before, it's basically just a revenge film. British soldier shows back up, and it's 1847, right in the middle of the potato famine. Oh, famine oh, and okay. a, in that time, like his part of his family has been evicted, and some have been killed by the local constabulary or the the powers that be type of thing. Right, and he comes, he's deserted, but I think he comes home with the best of intentions of just kind of wanting to lead a quiet life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and certain things happen, and then it's just. It's that dude uh, who I couldn't tell you if he's been anything else. Hugo Weaving oh, is wow. a man trying to hunt him down, but he used to yep. be in the army with him in Afghanistan. Okay. Uh, and then I'm trying to think of Jim Broadbent has a small part. Oh, wow. All right, cool. Yeah, but he plays just an asshole. And then, uh, oh, shit, I'm going to blank out his name, but he's going to come up on a movie later on. Yeah, um, Stephen Ray. Is that it, who you mean? Stephen Ray? Is that who you mean? I don't the, know his name off that. It's the guy from Crying Game? The guy from yes, the Crying Game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I just looked up Crying Game for that reason. We may have been going to that movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, it, but it's just a purely a revenge story. It's like a buck 45. Wow. And from start to finish, and I don't think they waste a single moment. Wow. Okay. Super interesting. Uh, you would definitely like it. I can guarantee you, you will like it. Right. Now, how much yeah. you like it, I don't know, but I will guarantee you, you will like it. Right. I'm looking it up right now, and um, the girl I mentioned, Sarah Green, the actress, she's in this as well. So certainly okay. making a life of being in these Irish movies for sure. Uh, interesting. But okay. They got a young kid that was in American Animals, and he's been in a few other different things. Ah, okay. He plays, uh, you know. One dude, Sam Wise, so to speak, is... Oh, Barry Keegan. Yeah, yeah. He was in um, Dunkirk. Wasn't he the son of Mark Rylance, who's helping him in the boats? Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Black 47 it is, man. I'll put it on the list. I'm always looking for something new uh, to watch, especially if it's a revenge film. Shit. You can't keep me away from revenge films. I love those fucking things. And I, I genuinely appreciate and like the ending, too. Oh. All right. All right. Does Santa Claus show up? I'm just well, it's one of those like, well, how else do you really expect this movie to end? So it's mm. kind of pitch perfect type of right. ending. To okay. me, at least. Done and done. Uh, so um, that's my four. Okay, so the my four is, uh, speaking of Stephen Ray, The Crying Game. That's my number four. It's a punt. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what's your three? Um. So look at, there's another week where, I don't know how many is, I couldn't really settle on a number one. Oh, okay. Like I floated around type of thing. So my three is my left foot. Yeah, that's not on my list. It's That's the one I was mentioning that. Oh, really? I know people revere and love it. I saw it once and I was like, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Uh, okay. So, yeah. But knock yourself out, man. Well, I think it more so because I saw it after I kind of knew Day-Lewis. Mm, right on. Right on. So you've seen him do more bombastic characters type of things yeah yeah, yeah. and to see his you know what's eating gilbert grape type of thing uh really transform into a completely different person and gives you a, a better even more of an appreciation of the the scope and the breadth of his acting ability uh i i'll give it to you for rewatchability no 
Right. That's why I didn't put it on the list because I don't yeah. run back and put it on every time I want to watch it. But it yeah. I think the singularity of his performance for me is what kind of cements it because I can't think of anybody else that could pull that off. It's like a Tom Hanks and Castaway. Who else can I stare at for of a two-hour movie is Stone Cold Silent for uh, 80 minutes? Yeah. And I am captivated. It's a small list. Um, you know, I agree with you. Otherwise, like my left foot could go the way of I am Sam, and you're like this or Nell. It's like this is bad, guys. Oh, this is really bad. Yes, it could. It could totally go where he's going. He's going oh. full Oscar. What they make fun of in, in yeah. Tropic Thunder yeah. or Tropic Thunder, rather. He's going full Oscar. Like this is the what others oh. are trying to achieve, and he does it with a an honor and a grace to the character and to the story that is just sing- it's singular. There's very few people that could do that. So it's for that reason. It's like that's making my list. I but I agree with you. The rewatchability is very low. I've seen yeah, that's, it. That's the only reason. That's the only yeah. reason. I, I have seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. Uh, you know, one and a half to one and three quarter times. Yeah. Like yeah. once all the way through, and then another time just to kind of catch up type of deal. Uh, yeah. But to me, it was just like, look, it, it hits a lot of check marks where it's it's rare to see that from specific actors. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, and, I'm, and right when you think the story is going to have a happy ending, it kind of doesn't. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's my three. Kind of like Elephant Man. Elephant Man, you think is going to have this happy sure. ending, and then what happens happens. You're like, oh, what? what really? Fuck. Um, but, but then, but then it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's honest. Yeah. True. Very true. Uh, so then, my three is once. That's the other of the two. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought it up because I know a ton of people are just like, that movie is amazing. It's like, I know I should see it. <laughs> but there's this, it's like why Black 47 once was on the list, but then this thing, yeah. I read the description. I was like, oh man, though, this looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> and it really was. And I thoroughly recommend it to you. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. So that and Secret of Kells would be two things I put on the list yeah. to watch at some point in the next few days. Um yeah, I mean, I thoroughly love Once. Uh, I, I got back into it again. Actually, kind of ironically, before we started doing the um, I, this conversation about Irish films, about a month ago, I started getting into Once again. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, and uh, I put it on just, I think it was on one of the pay, uh, pay channels or one of the uh, free streaming services, or not one of the streaming services, not free. Uh, but And I just was like, oh, I haven't seen this in forever. I wonder if it holds up. And I st- and I was just like, wow, this is great. This is just a great, great film. Because this could easily slide into melodrama or caricature or, you know, uh, fucking butterflies or whatever it is. But for some reason, and I think it's the director's reason, it doesn't. They really do a, such a great job uh, with both of these actors slash mu- musicians okay. of uh, – of- bringing out the reality of the situation. And it's a tragic uh, love story, you know? Um, and I loved it. And, and uh, I watched a bunch of interviews about it after, you know, people looking back in, uh, in retrospect about the movie and what they talked about, like what the experience was like and what they think of the movie now and the things they fought for in the movie and uh, why they uh, uh, had the poster where they're not holding hands that's a clue to what we're going to see in the movie. Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Erglova are the, and they actually got together uh, and became a group called the swell season. Um, that I remember from the movie. Right. Yeah. And I've yeah, listened yeah. To some of their music. 
But yeah, then they, then they broke up. And there's a documentary about them breaking up. There's a documentary about them breaking up on tour after the, the success of the movie and them going ho- to their respective homes and dealing with their family members. And mm-hmm. now that they're kind of pseudo famous. And remember, he won the they won the Oscar for best song yeah. that year. So like, what's that like when you're coming back to your small Irish town? That documentary is great. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but then, but I, I watched it. I watched it and uh, just enjoyed it. So this is a film that just works for me a, a lot because it's not your standard mm-hmm. like, hey, let's get together. Boy meets girl. And let's fall in love. This is actually yeah. more about like how deep can love be without it being consummated? And, uh, I, and especially when it's a forbidden love. And so that is what's so great about the movie. That's what's called once. Cause it's once boom, and it's gone. And so I really enjoy it. So if I can talk you into it in any way, that's what I would say to you. It's not this kind of like romantic comedy at all, you know? So, and it's, it's music, and music a lot of music. I, I don't, it, it hits, like it's one of those things where it's been recommended by so many different people across so many different tastes that I know of. Right. That I much like when horror does that or oh yeah, yeah. other type of movies. If enough people recommend it, it's not something I normally go out of my way for. I just never this week I you know, obviously looking at what movies I was gonna carve out the time because I knew there's a bunch that I should see. Yeah. There's another one I don't think is gonna make your list. And it's like, oh, it's it's kind of been around for I've known about it for since it's been out and I heard it was good at the time and I should have seen it type of thing. Right. And uh, like Michael Collins. Yeah. But boy, was that incorrect. <laughs> That's just boring. It's okay, almost impressive how, how dull I found it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, dude. I, I, I when I remember watching thing because this is like Liam Neeson and that, uh, that second Renaissance of Liam Neeson in the early nineties. Uh, or the first Renaissance, I For, guess. Yeah, this is like pre Schindler's List. This helped yeah. get him to Schindler's List, right? Type of thing. And, and they're like, "Oh man, this is going to be great!" You know, it's Liam Neeson, it's Michael Collins, it's a you know, it's Irish it's a great film. story. But, but yeah, oh, yeah, I guess the, I guess they cast Julia Roberts. All right, it's fine. Let's see what happens. Going in, you're just like, "This is so. This is not. This is so hokey." Uh, when it when it could have been really powerful and moving and epic. It's super hokey, and it takes the easy way out on so many, uh, in so many scenes and so many moments that it just kills the movie, man. By yeah. the end, it's like, meh, whatever with that. So yeah, it's a shame. I've never rewatched it again, never once, and I have no desire to. I yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch it. Again. It just drags. Yeah, yeah, it drags. Plus, according it to this rates. movie, Michael Collins just didn't. He was in the background. Yeah, like he had guys going out executing his plan, and sometimes he was at the the fore and whatnot. But on the biggest yeah. nights, when the biggest things happens, like he hangs back at his hotel room while right. all the action happens somewhere else. You're like, man, that's that's weird. Yeah, usually it's a man on the ground type of thing. He's there right. at other times, but anyway, yeah, agree. Once I should see it. There you go. <laughs> at least once. I should, should see it. once. Yes. <laughs> all right. What's your number two, man? Two is the crying game. Okay. All right. Um, a beautiful love story. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is. There, there genuinely, there is a connection there. And it is unfamiliar to both, one side even a little bit more, obviously. But the love that they express through their eyes, actions, words is palpable. Yeah. And you really connect. And because uh, I only knew I didn't see the crying game till years later because I knew the joke because the yeah. joke ended up in so many other movies or 
uh, alluded to, or they play the song that became synonymous with the movie. And that could, you know, within the zeitgeist, make you think crying game. Yeah. So I saw it, uh, you know, probably within the past, like seven years, eight years type of thing. And boy, is it effective. It is good, small yeah. story about this kind of upside down relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's always stuck with me. It is such a good love story in the midst of, I don't know, like is yeah. it, he's, he's IRA ish, like yes. periphery IRA right. Right. type of thing. Once again, there's a lot of IRA on my list. <laughs> uh, thankfully you have sing street and once. So it breaks up the monotony of a lot of IRA on my list. Um, but damned if it didn't stick with me since the, you know, that first time that I saw it and I've seen it yeah. again since. It's really good. It is. It still works. I mean, Forrest Whitaker is one of the most unusual people to be in a film like this. But, he know, this guy is, you know, Forrest is such an interesting cat. He was in Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. So through the 90s, he made some really interesting choices as an actor that uh, sliding mm-hmm. into some unexpected places. And this is one of those unexpected places. That opening, just the opening scenes with him and Stephen Ray uh, as he's a British prisoner of the uh, of uh, yeah. Stephen Ray and the Irish and, and what's going on there and their relationship and what it leads to, because the whole reason this relationship happens with Jay Davidson is because he's making amends for what happened to Forrest Whitaker in, in this situation. And then you find out that, you know, the twist, the big twist at the end of, of what it is. And you're just like, wow, it really challenges you. Uh, to watch a movie like this, and you know, and Matt, still that stuff is still taboo. Stuff that not that still is barely touched on in films or explored in films, even now in 2020, when we seem to think we're so progressive in the on the artistic side of things, we don't mm-hmm. uh, really lean into as much of that stuff as as uh, you know we claim to be open about. So, uh, hopefully, down the road there'll yeah. be more of the idea of this transvestite situation, or well, hopefully, people transitioning and what have you. Yeah, yeah, they're of this caliber because then more people yeah. will see it. True, very true. It can resonate this much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Stephen Ray is great. It's a young Stephen Ray, uh, and uh, you know his his accent is pretty thick, which is great to listen to. Uh, but he's negotiating the situation himself about what's going mm-hmm. on. For him, you know, because he's they're trying to drag him back in. He's got this job to do. And this relationship is what kind of leads him into this emancipation place from the situation. And Miranda Richardson is chilling in this movie. Uh, if you if you only know Miranda Richardson playing Rita Skeeter in uh, the Harry Potter films, <laughs> watch her in this movie. She is this movie and damage that movie with Jeremy Irons. She is incredible. Oh, OK. So, yeah. You got to watch her work, man. She is phenomenal. So, because uh, she's ruthless. She's ruthless in the crying game. Um, all right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, that was your two. two. Right. Yep. So, my two is your pun from earlier. A uh, pun from earlier in the name of the Father. That's my number two. Okay. Yeah. I love this movie. This is the Daniel Day Lewis movie that's Irish or that I go back to a watch over and over and over again. I think it's the father stuff, the father son stuff. Um, Makes uh, sense. I think it's the government stepping on another brother, lying because it's based on true story. Jerry Collins brought, brought up the cover up from governments before. And they yes. did this one. Yeah. While exactly. incarcerating, you know, father dies in custody. Oh man, dude. Yeah. That's a whole, the situation, you know, cause he, he's tertiary. Oh, like he's, he's involved in on a, on the fringe level. And then it becomes this whole thing that it gets worse and worse and worse. And Emma Thompson coming in as the lawyer who helps him. There's some great, highly charged scenes with him and her as well. And then what mm-hmm. 
happens between her and the cops when they're the British police, when they're in the uh, interrogation rooms together as well, all of this kind of threat. And so you realize like there were people involved in um, the police in levels of the police that were very dirty, very uh, corrupt, you know, yep. and had issues, you know, and, and, and it, it, man, I've seen some people want to go back. Oh, should we reevaluate police in films who are seen as like breaking the rules? Blah, blah. We've had enough films that have shown the corruption of people who've worn badges yeah. from real life situations and also situations that are uh, not uh, that are fiction in the movie. So I don't think we need to go re- and have an issue with how we've seen police portrayed who are breaking the rules or doing whatever. Yeah. French connection. Mm-hmm. I guess you can have an, you, people have had an issue with that from the beginning, but that's the point of that character, you know? So it's just like, the, I, I, you know, I don't know. What do you feel about that? I, well, I mean, think of it as a, a, a gemstone. It's got a lot of facets. That's, yeah. that's a, that's a police force or anybody that, that inflicts their will upon yes. some, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's rogue in the name of good and ultimately is good. Sometimes it's rogue in the name of uh, bad. What kills, what, not kills me, but why I don't rate in the name of the father higher is to me, it feels like a very nineties film. Oh, okay. Just right, the feels way it, hated is what you're saying. Well, no, just in that it, it, you fast forward to when say bloody Sunday comes out. Right. And it's, uh-huh. it's another period piece where they're going back. Yes. That one to me executes more of the time and it feels more truer and lived in. Whereas in okay. the name of the father feels, I, I don't know. They, it, they hadn't gotten the rhythm of doing that as consistently at that time to me. So okay. that one more so falls into, I don't know, maybe it was using U2 for the soundtrack type of thing and, and <laughs> whatnot. If it had more timeless music or more something that was of the time more so, I don't know. Yeah. I have watched right. it a number. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think it's, it's really good once he gets, the closer he gets to prison, I think the better the movie gets. Oh, that's fair. Once he's in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good point. It's a good point, actually. Yeah. Good. Good for you for number two. Yeah. So thank you. I'm not gonna fight you. <laughs> Do we have the uh, same one? No. So the one is a punt from earlier. Oh, for you? Okay. Yeah. So what's your one? Hunger. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So okay. I'm gonna have you know I gotta def- defer to you, man. I haven't seen Hunger yet. That's on my list. Didn't get a chance to watch it for the show. Um, so please go ahead. It's- Fast Bender. Yeah, it's Fastbender, but um, so like I said, it was tough to find a number one for me for this week. Uh, I went with this because it has, I think, one of the best just small scenes within it, which is between Fastbender and the local priest, I want to say played by Colt Meany. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look it up, though. Anyway. Okay. The back and forth where each knows the lays of the the lay of the land and they're they're talking about, you know, Fassbender's plan that they're going to go on another hunger strike. And the priest's plan, who's his brother is what the cardinal of Ireland or something along those lines. And he's just a local parish priest. So he's got that little he's an underdog as well is why he sides or understands Fastbender, who's an IRA member, trying to get out from the yoke of the British government type of, so they share that that collegiality, so to speak. Oh, okay. Um, but it's the two of them talking, and it's just a two man scene. It goes on for, I want to say, like ten minutes. Wow. Eight, ten okay. minutes, maybe twelve. And okay. That thing, it utterly sings between the two of them. It is 
it's always impressive when you get two actors, actresses, whoever it may be, and just through the intensity of the performance, it's like a Frost Nixon where you don't need all the rest and we can just focus on the dynamic between these two, the subtext of what they're talking about, right. why the justifications for their actions. And there's, and there's a lot of substance here and it's just two dudes talking. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Another IRA movie. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but the effectiveness of a peaceful protest of a hunger strike too, right, as opposed right. to their normally violent actions, but they don't really have much. There's also another great scene where they go through a, you know, a, a line of cops while they're in prison. They keep, they drag each IRA member out of their cell and the cops just with batons and riot gear, just beat the piss out of them and drag as they drag them down the hall and wow. take them somewhere else. Yeah. It's just like, it's time for your daily ass whooping guys. And they, <laughs> they all knew it was, this is going to happen. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just a, <sighs> unfortunately you understand the rationale of both sides. Right. Right. Just the right. complexity of human nature. You, yeah. why the British government considers them terrorists and why the IRA thinks of the British government as terrorists. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good one. But for that scene alone, it's like, that's as good a reason as any other. Cause I think if we do this in a month, I probably have a different number one. Yeah. All right. That's fair. And maybe I go back and rewatch your number one and go, you know what? But, uh, I watched it not too long ago. I forgot about that's the punt. Yeah. But go yeah. ahead. Let's get to your number one. Yeah. That number one is the commitments. Uh, we just did it on the cinephiles with Steve. Uh, that was a lot of fun to kind of explore this one again and dive back into it. And, you know, so many, I love this film. Absolutely love this film. It's mm -hmm. very well directed by Alan Parker. Uh, the actors are fantastic. Some of them are still working today. Uh, a few of them are still musicians today. Uh, the guy who played the saxophonist was apparently a saxophonist in the David Letterman band for like 21 years. Uh, okay. And so it's a, it's kind of crazy. These tentacles that branch out. Maria Doyle Kennedy who was the brunette in the film. Obviously, I mentioned she's the mom in Sing Street, but she's also been an accomplished singer for many, many years. She uh, uh, is the in Orphan Black. She plays Tatiana Maslany's mom. Uh, so you have that aspect of her still working. But this is like a snapshot of a time. And it's this underdog story and, they, you know, this band coming together. And once again, it's one of these things that's like it's a tragic uh, story. It's, a, it's a, in, in the end because of, of what happens with the band, how close they come to actually accomplishing their dreams. Uh, and the, the, it asks questions of you like, is it, does it matter that they were or they were not successful? Or does the effort matter? Does the way it all came together, is that the better story? Okay. You know, and that's something that you have to kind of negotiate for yourself after the movie is over. Cole Meany is great as the dad of the main kid. Yes. Uh, who is, yeah, yeah, love and Elvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, it's such a great assortment of characters and the local flavor of that uh, uh, part of Ireland at that time. Um, and okay. the, the way it's addressed and the way they deal with this, these kind of male woman issues that pop up very strongly. Uh, and so I, I appreciate it still works for me in 2020. Uh, but over, but it, once again, it's the egos, the idea of ba the band. It's an ego. No matter what level of success, there's always going to be egos, and they're well, going to slam into themselves. And so that's what you see throughout the movie as well. All especially great with the band that big. Yeah, it, right. I mean, that's a lot of moving parts to keep happy. Yeah, yeah. By the number of people, you mean big by the number of people. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you've got 
two horn players and three backup singers, a lead right. singer, a drummer, a bass player. It's like, it's a lot of fucking people to deal with. It is. And a lead singer who's 17 and drunk and kind of, and a bit of a sexist misogynist. Then you've got the three lead singers who are, you know, who are sleeping with one dude, the up. same guy. It causes issues. So you add all that extra element, it ain't going to work either. Yeah. But the right. fact that where I give the movie a ridiculous amount of credit, I need to just turn on the overhead light. I just lifted the shade and now I'm this weird. <laughs> Very illuminated on one side. Uh, um, yeah. It's getting to be nighttime, gang, as yeah. we're uh, filming this. Yeah, Sun is right. right. said. Um, but the fact that they got an Irish Joe Cocker, and it yes. is legitimately believable. Because yeah. Joe Cocker is ridiculous on paper. Right. When It's one of the best things the early SNL ever did was Belushi doing oh his God. Cocker to Cocker. That was great. But when you see, like... When you see Cocker sing, like he full, it's a full body experience for the yeah. man. Yeah. And to unironically and with all reverence make an Irish version of it, and it feels legitimate, believe believable. Yeah. Like it feels like a real person. That's where I think that movie is. I man, I would love to have followed that guy around because it's really difficult to do, and they're pulling it off because the manager is like a slick, an Irish Vince Vaughn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't have all the quips like Vince Vaughn, but it's that type of character, and that's right. who they focus on. It's like, I don't know, this Joe Cocker guy. Well, he auditioned. You know, it's funny because, like I said, we, we explored it on the commitments. He auditioned to play the lead singer because he, at the time, was the lead singer of his own band in okay. Ireland. Uh, and he was, in essence, going to play the lead singer until they saw this kid. The kid, he's legit, He was 16 years old when he shot the film, the main guy, the main singer of the group. He was 16 years old. He was the wow. son of the music of the technical advisor, the musical technical advisor on the set. He was the son and the musical technical advisor happened to be sick one day. So he sent his son. And when he showed up, he was kind of like running everybody through the paces. And then they heard him sing. And Alan Parker was like, Holy shit, this is our guy. Uh, and made the switch uh, to turn the other kid into, uh, into the manager of the band, you know, yeah. and, and they made the right move. The yeah. He did make the right move. You're right. That and they still great. tour, they still tour, by the way, Matt, they had the 20 year really? anniversary. Yeah. They still get together. And some of the commitments, uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy never gets together because she's built her own life and whatever. But like a lot of the blonde, the blonde actress comes together. The okay. girl from uh Pulp Fiction. She's in the one who was there oh, when yeah, they yeah. stabbed. Yeah. She'll get together with them and some of the band members will come back together. And, um, and of course the older gentleman passed away already. The guy plays the lips. lips. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, but they do get together every once in a while and tour, uh, for the, and it's usually for charity. So it's a, it's a great situation That's uh, fun. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They I, can do I, you know. midnight hour and, uh, they do a couple. They just yeah, Mustang Sally and, uh, Mustang yeah, Sally. Yeah. 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 Great uh, stuff. Especially in the telling it like it's the tail end of the 80s and everything is synth pop, especially coming out of England that's popular at that time. Right, right. Just to fly in the face of that and be like, no, we're going to go soul type of (laughs) James Brown is our inspiration and to pull it off. Really good stuff. (laughs) And some great lines. Legitimate number one. Maybe maybe Commitments is my number one in a month. I have no idea. Oh, and the guitar player, one of the guitar players is the lead in Once, Glenn Hansard. He's in in, in both movies, yeah, so... (laughs) Um, all right, so that's our separate lists of the top 10 Irish films. Now, Matt and I are going to put our uh, uh, list together here and uh, create our overall list of the top 10 show. So, um, all right, so Commitments, I have at six. Okay. Crying Game, you had where? Four. I would imagine that wins then because Hunger, you don't have, and My Left Foot, you got lower. 
I don't even have it on the list, my life. So, oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Okay, so yeah. the crying game is number one. Okay. And then, um, and you don't have in the name of the Father, or do you have it later on the? I've list? got it. It's eight. Eight. Okay, so that's low. All right. It's your what? That was my two, but yeah, but commitments is my one. So yeah, so I would say the there at number okay. two. Um, I'll give you in the name of the Father next because we both have it and it's that high. Okay. But Bloody Sunday, right? Isn't we okay? That's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you give me hunger at uh, hunger at four, and then we'll do sure. Bloody Sunday next? Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, and below, and the guard. The guard is number seven for me. Seven for you too, right? Yeah. Why don't we keep it at seven? Okay. All right. So, what's your next highest then? Once it's at number three. All right, I got my left foot at number three. Well, I have to defer to my left foot because he won the Oscar for that, so I have no problem with that. All right, we'll do that there. Then we'll do the guard. We want to keep moving Charlie in 10 range. We've got eight, nine, and 10 left. Okay. Um, We can do once at eight and then the win the chicks, the barley. uh, Once at, no, no, once should go on the way. If you had, because that was my number three. Right? So it would go yeah. under your number three, which was... Oh, I thought we were saying one of the number threes will win, then we do the guard uh, because that keeps it at the seven spot because we both had seven. I can't do that. I can't do that. Don't make me do that. Right. Are you going to put eight? Oh, once at eight. I see what you're saying because guard is at seven. So yeah. then your six, your three is at number six. Correct. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, eight. Once is eight. Okay. Um. Okay. And win I got the chicks, my, the yeah, we'll do the win the chicks, the barley, then next. At nine. All right, what do you got highest left? If we've got commitments in the name of the Father once, the crying game, Bloody Sunday, Sing Street is my next one at number six. All right, I got Black 47 at four. Oh, all right. Black 47 right. it is. There we go. We are done. All right, all right. Let me bring out the, the bongos. Let me bring out the bongos. Oops. All right. Uh, let's do this. The top 10 Irish movies. Yeah. At number 10. Black 47. At number 9. The Wind That Shakes the Barley. At number 8. Once. At number 7. The Guard. At number 6. My Left Foot. At number 5. Bloody Sunday. At number four, Hunger. At number three, In the Name of the Father. At number two, The Commitments. And our number one Irish movie is The Crying Game. I know there is to know about the crying game. Um, great, great stuff, man. I love that you threw in some films I hadn't seen, so I've got some recommendations now to watch. I love Irish movies, so this will be fun. And uh, I bet there's a bunch we left off, like Magdalene Sisters and uh, a bunch of other ones that people Waking do. Waking Divine. Yeah, I can't. I saw it once, and I was like, I get it. It's cute. It's, it's, I was never going to make my top ten. It's that was the other one that Catherine watched with me. We both went, eh. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more comedy, and it's more just like, hey, let's leave old people doing stuff. <laughs> they throw in well, a little bit of comedy here and there, but it's mostly just watching people walk around a village type. Like, it's not, I don't know. I was expecting, yeah. it's like, oh, it's a really fun, 
heartfelt comedy. I was like, it's really light on the comedy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings, but yeah. it's a light on the comedy. It's, it's not a, a drama. True. It's more lighthearted, but I don't Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great, uh, great topic. One thing before we get out of here for the golden oh, yeah. ticket people, yeah. uh, we've reached out numerous times. And if you, for some reason, you did not get the last email and uh, you still want to make an appearance on the show and you're part of the member list that will just email us at top 10 podcast at Gmail. And then I can always cross reference that email with the list itself. But if we haven't heard from you, the end of the first round is coming. It's, you know, the end is nigh mm-hmm. for the first round. So if you want to be a part of it and you signed up for it originally and we got your name down, then email us at top10podcast at gmail or respond to any of the emails that you've gotten as of late, especially the one that you got a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, otherwise, the uh, we'll move, we're moving on to round two of the Golden Ticket in the very near future. Yeah. Um, just in time for the Christmas season. You know, we'll be leading into Thanksgiving, getting into the second round. And uh, doing our holidays with the second round of uh, Golden Ticket. So get on board. Email us over there if you haven't responded yet to any of the emails that you've gotten. Because uh, we are closing the window on this and we are moving forward. So yeah. hit us up over there. Top 10 podcast at Gmail. Um, if you are, were supposed to be in this first round and we haven't heard from you. Otherwise, uh, that is it for me. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out, uh, well, dropping dimes if the series is still going when you see this. And... <laughs> Uh, settle the score and, and that is oh and uh, visit patreon.com forward slash the top 10 if you want to support the show we thoroughly appreciate it and uh, that is it for me this week sounds great yeah you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram of course I have uh, the cinephiles which I mentioned already uh, and the geek buddies in terms of podcast stream but you can also go over to my YouTube channel youtube.com slash John Roca says uh, and subscribe there for all the content we got going on there and also remember the YouTube uh, channel for the top 10 we're trying to get that monetized so the more subscribers we get the more views we get on these on these uh videos it'll put us over the top and get us monetized by the uh by youtube by the people over there at youtube so please go and subscribe there if you're just listening to us go and subscribe there and go and watch us do some of these shows as well see our pretty little faces talking about movies uh all right that's it for us uh, uh thank you so much for joining us and uh we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the top 10 show Ooh.